0: It's lovely to see you here this morning. And uh, I have a feeling I might even take my coat off because I might get a little bit warm. So, uh, my apologies for that because you'll just, it will freak you out, won't it? (laughs) But uh, I might get a little bit hot up here. Well, we've got the opportunity to look at Anna and Simeon. And we're going to read about them. And the reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 38. And that's on page 1028 in the Church Bibles. So this is what Luke writes. He says, When the the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The children's father and mother marvelled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to call the falling and rising of many in Israel, And to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, we? Father God, we want to thank you for this amazing account. And we just pray that as we look at your word, that you will speak to us in a very fresh and a real way. Bring these familiar stories, we, we pray, to life. Amen. Amen. Well, Mary and Joseph were good Jews. I don't know whether you'd realize that, but they were good Jews, and they were doing what every good Jew should do, which was to, to bring their child to be dedicated to God. And particularly as it was a son, it had particular significance. So they were, they, they'd brought the temple, they brought Jesus to the temple. Uh, there, were, there were various sacrifices associated with the, the wife's purification after birth. Jesus was the firstborn child, so he was to be set aside to the Lord. And there were some sacrifices involved. And Luke records that they were going to give either a pair of doves or two young pigeons. So it just gives us a clue that Jesus wasn't stinking rich. He was, if you like, from the poorer end of society. I don't think he was destitute because Joseph was a carpenter. But they clearly didn't have a lot of money. But they were doing What God wanted. And that's a lovely state to be in, isn't it? Just faithfully carrying out. Although Mary had seen these most amazing things and the most amazing things were happening to her, she was still just being faithful in the things that she knew God wanted her and Joseph to do. And so they come into the temple and we meet two characters, Simeon and Anna. We certainly know that Anna was old. And most people think that Simeon was, was, was old because he was talking about sort of his death. Uh, but we're not totally sure how old Simeon was. But he knew that God had promised something special. And he was, he was one, if you like, of a, 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 a sort of a group of few people who were looking forward to Jesus' coming. It had been 450 years, if you like, since the last prophet. That's a long time, isn't it? If we go back 450 years, where does that take us? Can you do the maths? I'm not too sure whether I can. About sort of 15, 15, 1560, somewhere around there. That's an amazing amount of time, isn't it? If you think about our history. And that was how long it was, if you like, since there'd been the last prophet. And people were waiting. But if you like, the hope, the light was, was burning very dimly at this time. Well, Luke makes it really clear that what Simeon was, do, was doing was really significant because it mentions on three occasions he was led or he was moved by the Holy Spirit. And in fact, in the beginning of Luke, he emphasizes the work of the Holy Spirit. It, it's, we often don't think about the Holy Spirit in terms of the Christmas story, do we? It's all about baby Jesus, of course. But Luke makes the point that the Holy Spirit was really important he he, he was important in John the Baptist's life he was important in the birth of Jesus and we we, we will see that he was important when it came to Simeon and he'll carry on in chapter 3 and chapter 4 and what Simeon is going to say is going to be really significant so Luke's way of, of making sure that everybody knows it's significant is to say the Holy Spirit was on him He, he, he makes this proclamation over Jesus. You will be in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 32 and 31. God's salvation was going to be available to every man and woman. And we celebrate that at Christmas, don't we? It's not just a private thing. He's the saviour of the world. He's the saviour of for every man and woman and in the Jewish way of thinking they, they saw themselves obviously as Jews and the rest were just Gentiles it just means the rest really it was a rather impolite way of just referring to everybody else and the rest so in the same way if you can't think of, of, of people you might say oh I went, to, I went to a party and there was sort of Rob and sort of Tony and a whole load of other people it really means that you haven't made much effort to, to get to know the other people, doesn't it? It's a slightly dismissive. And that's how the Jews really saw. They just, it was just the other people. It was just the nations, the rest. But what Simeon is saying through the Holy Spirit is that God's salvation is now open to everybody. And I don't know whether you're a Jew or the rest, the Gentiles, but at Christmas we celebrate the fact that God's salvation was available to everybody man and woman. For the Gentiles, it was a revelation. Wow, this is the first time we've really heard about it. And then for Israel, it was, if you like, the crowning glory. Everything had been leading up to this point in their history. And Simeon was one of the few people who were still looking forward to it. It's a hard time, isn't it, to keep the faith for 450 years when there hasn't been a lot of evidence, when there hasn't been a lot of uh, reason and hope for continuing. So this is Simeon. And then we meet Anna. Well, she's, a, she's an amazing woman. She seems to be a bit, a bit of a minor character. Simeon seems to have all the big lines. But Anna was just an amazing person. She had been obviously struck by a tragedy. It records the fact that her husband had died seven years into her marriage. And she was now 84. And she really lived in the temple she worshipped there she prayed there she fasted and I love this because she just happened to be in the right place at the right time so whereas we think of Simeon if you like being the special person who was led by the Holy Spirit Anna if you like was so in tune with God she just happened to be in the right place at the right time that's a lovely thing to be isn't it Being in the right place at the right time. Because Luke says she just happened to walk up to Simeon as he was with Mary and Joseph. Now, there aren't that many people here this morning. We we, we can see each other. The temple would have been absolutely rammed with people. (laughs) Possibly tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds. It, It was a massive place. It was always really busy. So if you like kind of this chart it wasn't as if sort of uh, Simeon was out the front in a distinctive position and Joseph and Mary had come up to the front and everybody could see them it was just something that was going on somewhere in the temple and Anna happened by chance except it wasn't chance was it it was God to walk along at that moment you know god could lead in different ways sometimes we can be so conscious of god's leading That we'll say, I really knew God was saying this or God was uh, encouraging me to to do this. And other times we can almost stumble upon things by accident and discover that too is part of God's plan. God has so many different ways of leading us and we should be open to, if you like, kind of the the big headlines, do this. But most of the time God just wants us to live ordinary lives and, 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 and have the ability to direct our paths. So Anna comes along. She, She didn't need to be led by the Spirit into the temple. She was there all the time. She was just in the Spirit, we might say. For Simeon, it seemed that the experience was a very personal one, wasn't it? It says, now let your servant depart in peace. It was a bit like saying, you know, I've got one thing on my bucket list, which is to see the Messiah. And now that I've seen Jesus the Messiah, well, I'm quite happy to just curl up in my armchair and go to glory. That seems to be what Simeon says, doesn't it? It's a very personal experience. But for Anna, it says that she spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And I love that. She was so excited to to, to realize that this baby was the Messiah, that this, this, this baby was God's promised one, that this baby was going to bring salvation to the Jews and the Gentiles. She couldn't stop talking about it. So two very different reactions, Simeon and Anna. Well, I just want to spend a few minutes focusing on, if you like, two difficult verses. Because there are difficult parts of the Christmas story, aren't they? And uh, I think verses 34 to 35 are really quite difficult verses. And, and sometimes we, we, we can so enjoy the Christmas story, we forget about some of the, the difficult parts of it. I was a little bit naughty. We, we had the Chris Tingle service in the, uh, in, in the community centre, which was really good. And Robert asked me to do a game. Uh, we won't play it this morning. It's, kind of, it's musical Christmas statues. And the idea was that there were, there were, there were children at the front, and I, I would say something, so I might say an angel, and, and when the music stopped... We all had to adopt an angel pose. So we had an angel, we had a donkey, and Robert suggested King Herod. And do you know what? I ducked on King Herod. I thought, I'm not too sure kind of how you do King Herod. So I, I kind of withdrew King Herod from that part of the Christmas story. And if you like, that was my way of saying, well, I didn't quite see how it fitted into what we were doing. It was, it was musical statues. But there are bits of the Christmas story that we struggle with, don't we? I couldn't quite see how King Herod, short of being an axe murderer or something, was going to fit into our game of musical statues. This little passage, verses 34 and 35, they kind of grate a little bit, don't they? What is Simeon talking about? And I just thought well, it's good at Christmas, if you like, to reflect on the fact that sometimes Christmas isn't always a happy season for us. It can be a season that is difficult. And do you know what? The Christian life isn't always easy, and that too can be difficult. So if all the time we're presenting Christmas or our Christian life as, well, this is wonderful, we're not actually being faithful to what God has revealed. So in this Christmas story, we have, as I say, kind of just the horrible massacre of the innocents of King Herod. But we also have, if you like, this disturbing word that Simeon gives. It's wrong to portray the Christian life as all singing and dancing. Highs but no lows. Triumphs but no defeats. Joys but no sorrows. Simeon says that Jesus will split people. He will cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. He says he will be opposed, a sign that will be spoken against. And he talks about personal painful consequences for Mary. A sword will pierce your own soul. So it wasn't going to be all sweetness and light as far as Jesus was going to be. And I just thought, well, it's actually the end of the year, isn't it? And sometimes it's good to just reflect on the year. It's also the end of a decade. You might not have realised that. It's not really that significant, is it? But it is. It's the end of the second decade. I'm not too sure what this decade is called. I'm quite glad that now we're going into the 20s because I haven't quite worked out. We started off in the noughties, didn't we? I, I, I don't know what this decade is called. Does anybody know? It doesn't really have a name, does it? But at least now we've got the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, so it kind of makes sense where we're going. But we've come through to the end of our second decade. And I just want to spend a few minutes where we can just look back and reflect and perhaps maybe there has been personal pain in our lives in the past year. Maybe there's been personal pain in the last decade. Do you know that's part of the Christmas story, isn't it? (laughs) Simeon said to Mary, A sword will pierce your own soul. You will experience pain right inside you. And of course, she did, didn't she? She saw what happened in the end to Jesus. She saw him suffering on the cross. She saw him at times being the most popular person in the world and then being rejected. She went through a lot of pain as Jesus' mother. And we can experience much pain in life. It could be intense pain, or it could be perhaps an accumulation over the years. It can be from other people. We can also feel that we're hurt in terms of maybe church or even God. There can be hurt. There can be disappointment. Anna must have been really disappointed when her husband died. I know that's a a silly understatement. But she must have experienced grief, mustn't she? She must have, you know, after seven years to lose your husband, we don't know whether there were children involved. But if you like, all her hopes must have been built around her marriage. But somehow she was able to move beyond disappointment and rediscover hope again. Paul says this in Philippians. He says, we're to forget what is behind. And we're to strain towards what is ahead. And I think that's a good way to leave 2019, the second decade, and move into the next year and the next decade. But it's not easy, is it, to leave things behind. And perhaps as we come to celebrate communion Part of our worship can be to to leave things behind, to recognise that Jesus Christ died for our sins and also for all our disappointments and for all our hurt and for all the things that have caused us unhappiness. And just to bring them to him and to say, look, here I am, this is where my soul has been pierced, this is where I've been hurt, this is where I've been let down. To maybe even say to God, I feel that you've let me down. God's big enough for us to have that conversation with him. Anna was able to, if you like, discover a new future. She wasn't defined by the fact. It says she was a widow, but I don't think she was in mourning. <laughs> she was a worshipper. She was a prayer. She was somebody who was looking forward to what God was going to do. And she just happened to bump into Jesus. Well, I'm sure that if we come to Jesus today with our hurt and our disappointment, he'll be able to minister to us and just tend to us in a way that only he can do. Let's just pray, shall we? Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you for all that you came to do. We thank you that you came to bring us salvation. But we thank you too that you came to to minister to us and to help us at times when we're hurting and when we're disappointed. And we just pray that as we come to the end of this year, as we come to the end of this decade, that we won't be carrying forward hurt, and disappointment and pain into the next year. We ask that by your Spirit, you will enable us to begin to leave that behind and to move into the future that you have for us. And we ask this in your name. Amen.